Welcome to Movie Bros First Podcast. Introducing Microman and Epsilon and our guest speaker, Jaden. Uh, first uh, first off the topic, uh, the intros we are going to be talking about today are box offices, series, coming soon movies, as well as just the end credits. Uh, for first topic, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel's box office. So, what are your thoughts, Microman? So, Captain Marvel made a whoppingly amazing $153 million opening domestically, and it made $303 million globally, and that yes. equals to approximately $456 million opening weekend globally, which blasts Black Panther and the previous Iron Man movies out of the water. What do you think about it, Epsilon? It's, that is pretty high, <laughs> considering uh, other films were She's a female-led movie. Yes, also, and yeah. people were saying that it was going to be a bad movie. Yeah. What do you that think? Was, that was only Trolls, though. Yeah, but still. So It did boost the movie sales also. But, but the thing is, when you think of um, the Trolls and stuff that actually did the trolling and, and you know, bummed the, the rating of the movie, mm-hmm. they actually gave the movie a lot of publicity yeah. and actually boosted the sales of it. Kia ora and welcome back to the Movie Bros Podcast, a podcast that has been on hiatus for four plus years since Captain Marvel's marvellous box office numbers. We are your hosts, Requiem King and Epsilon. How are we doing this week? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, everything's going by quickly, so quickly nowadays, but you know, I can't wait for the future of cinema. Oh, definitely. I'm on board with you. Now, this week is a special episode as we'll be discussing the sequel to 2019's box office hit Captain Marvel, aptly titled The Marvels. Um, as you heard in the beginning of the recording, yes, that was us from the episode that will never see the light of day. Listen to how young and unprofessional we sound. <laughs> this film was originally scheduled for earlier this year in July, but was delayed for, for good reasons, giving time for post production to give us their best work. And judging by the trailers and the end product, it was worth the wait. Now, this is the first film since Barbie where we didn't see the film together. And yesterday was my mom's birthday. Now, Epsilon, this is a movie I have been hotly anticipated about, and you boys mocked me about. <laughs> From near the Costa, this is the Marvels. But before we get stuck into the Marvels, I want to address something first, and that is the Variety article about the decline of the MCU. To many of us in the know-how of the MCU, we know about the internal problems that were stemming from them doing too much. But I do not tolerate misinformation when it comes to the credibility of the staff. Director of the Marvels, Neil DaCosta, talked about working on another film she was negotiated to do while helping with post-production of the Marvels, and was kindly given multiple delays to suit her needs. The way Variety spun it was she wanted to leave and work on her next film because of the delays which was debunked by DaCosta herself. Misinformation of any kind, especially from a reputable source, such as Variety, should be ashamed of themselves. Anyway, rant over Epsilon. Higher, further, faster. This is the Marvels. Higher. Further. Faster. Show them what we got. The Marvels. Experience it in IMAX. Now, Epsilon, you have said that you have not had the yeah. chance. We we have been busy. Um, I The only time I had to watch the Marvels was opening night. Ooh. Um, 
because too busy, too much on the schedule yeah, yeah, on yeah, Thursday yeah. onwards. But I'm glad I got chance to watch it. Um, now, I won't go into spoilers for for your sake, especially with the mid credit scene and the ending of the film. It's bonkers. Um, I think you guys will lose it, and probably is the main attraction of this movie. This movie needs two shows and an entirely different movie to get updated on and i feel like that's going to be a lot on the audiences do you think marvel's doing too much where we're getting these characters that need six plus episode shows to actually understand and now they're coming to the big screen many audiences won't understand them do you think this is a smart decision for marvel bringing television in i've got my own opinions but uh epsilon what are your opinions on that in my opinion it's rougher to uh, fully express mm. all these separate uh, shows and movies together because of the fact that the way this works is if somebody hasn't watched a specific movie or a, sh- a TV series then they can't correlate information together and at this point from what we've been seeing uh, the MCU has been expanding at such a rapid pace compared to like how the old format used to be where yeah. phase one I believe phase one and two yes we're quite slow yes. on the releases, mm. but like I believe currently, what phase is it? Is it phase four or five? Phase We're on phase four, five, five now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, phase five is just releasing stuff non-stop over and over. And I do have to say though, there's a little bit of an issue where I feel as though the quality sometimes is affected. Like mm. it's not because of the people bad uh, having bad acting or bad actors, but it's just there's too much in my opinion, that's just being released at once. And, like, if people aren't up to date with a lot of the uh, important shows that are coming out with Marvel, then I believe they slightly get lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm along with you. That's the reason why we got the writer's strike, mm. the Screen Actors Guild strike, mm. which is now all resolved. Um, and I'll get to that, especially when it comes to this movie. But um, yes, for for us, we're super into Marvel and DC, basically the world of comic books and superheroes. So you'll probably expect us to to watch these. But to the general audience, this will be a little bit of a you know a crawl. Yeah. But again, um, many people think severe fatigue. But again, these movies get butts and seats every single uh, time. It has Marvel in exactly. front of it, it has DC in front of. It. It's just entertainment. It's a big franchise but, that yeah. a lot of people come to watch. And yeah, I, I do have to say, though, it's gotten a little bit less likely that people are more like to watch those shows, like movies now. Because of the fact that there's a slight lack, like, unnecessary, uh, I would say, need for something like these. Where uh, people look for shows like these all the time to watch on the couch. But after, this is like post-COVID now, you know? I feel as though uh, they're still acting on the pre-COVID notions at times when they're trying to uh, release. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 100% understandable. Yes, we are in post-COVID times, but um, I feel like that's um, that's one downside to the general audiences when it comes to this movie in general. But they do kind of um, explain the characters that were introduced on television. And brought to the big mm. screen and in an incredible way so people are not lost mm. but it, just having that broader range of spending six episodes with kamala khan 
and seeing her on the big screen is so rewarding because you get to spend that six hour time with her and Mm, her world mm. and you understand her but again to the general audiences they won't know who miss marvel is or kamala khan Mm. they probably don't know whether the series was out but um that's the total difference between us um talking about superior films and and actually liking these things compared to the general audience where they're going to be so confused who monica rambo is or, or what happened in secret invasion which is not even needed in this film um I, again secret invasion is so shit um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, 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 i, I hear your dislike made. for it being a very extreme case mm. yep yep but um but on the other side being a fan of both wandavision and miss marvel seeing these two characters from television come to life on the big screen was actually so awesome because i'm like hey i know you wait you were on my television screen probably last year or year before mm. and had so many fun times on a wednesday or a friday and now seeing them on the big screen big screen debut of these characters it, it was really cool and really fun to appreciate the overall expansion of the mcu but along with what you said the, uh, the mcu is going quantity over quality and i feel like that's the main sore basically they need to put a plus over there and we'll talk more about that um coming coming off to how the mcu can be fixed um but honestly um as epsilon has not watched this movie i i i, I do want to describe one scene and go ahead all i can say remember cats yes the movie yes uh the horrifying uh movie that kind of gave me nightmares. just from just remember that when watching this movie. Oh no. You're giving me- <laughs> Not humanoid cats, mm-hmm. literal cats. It's the funniest I've never heard the cinema laugh so much. Go from laughter to horror in five seconds. Mm. Um, maybe to a lot of people it's going to be a little bit goofy, but again, these are comic book movies. They are meant to be goofy. They're too. That's the thing. There's two sides of coin. If it's too goofy, it's not good. But if it's too dark, it's not good. And there's no pleasing a lot of people, but there's kind of a gray area. But this scene is just goofy and it's just fun. And that's what I can say about this movie. Now, the big um, dilemma of this whole film, especially coming off all the hate that she got during press junkets of Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. Brie Larson, I keep forgetting she's an Oscar winner and she proves it in this movie Mm. she was killer um she showed her acting chops and i feel like a lot of people are going to show how stoic she is that's who captain marvel is Mm. as she's not a leader but we're seeing her become a leader hopefully to um alongside with sam wilson captain america lead the avengers but she holds her performances her facial expressions were amazing those uh there were some heartfelt scenes in this movie and to the point where she wants to make me cry and wants to make the audience cry just by the way she looks and the way she interacts with other characters in this movie um epsilon um we've all seen captain marvel and avengers in game um what were your thoughts on brie larson's performance in those um before you get to watch this film I would have to say Brie Larson's performances were fantastic uh, throughout. I would say she had a minor role in the Infinity War 
section because there were less mm. screen time for her to actually do much other than like you know a couple of big fight scenes but um other than that i i feel as though we're missing the modern part of her right now so hopefully this movie gives it to us who she's now oh it, it, yeah 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 it, it definitely does um it shows her being more open um mm. and also trying to fix everything by herself but she knows she can't mm. and it's it's a beautiful team up that's needed and she needs in this movie somewhat like therapy um, but along with Brie Larson's performance, Tayona Paris as Monica Rambo. if audiences at home have seen WandaVision, you'll know she's somewhat of an important character in there, um, but in this movie, she is 100% important. I feel like she is the most powerful character in the MCU uh, at this point um, really? but I'm not going to say anything else <clears throat> that's the only thing I'm going to give Epsilon until he sees the movie mm. and then he'll understand she is a powerhouse in this movie oh, damn. Um, yes um, ever since WandaVision that has been the whole consensus of what her powers are she doesn't understand them she learns them in this movie mm. And it's utilized very, very well. So, um, Epsilon I, from... Yes. I do have to ask, what are your thoughts about power scaling in the MCU? What is your thoughts? Since Phase 1, how do you think they've handled it? Do you think they've like boosted everybody's power scaling or maybe lowered it down a bit? Um, when it comes to power scaling, they obviously lowered down people like the Hulk. Mm. But that's like character reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like overall, but, like character-wise, everybody. Yeah, um, I do have to go back to. Uh, um, I feel like they're going through with the quote that Stanley said, where it's all down to the writer. How the writer writes the mm. writes the piece of media. It's up to them with how powerful they want to create a character like Thor mm. or Doctor Strange. Or, um, as we've talked about multiple times, where you thought Namor was too powerful, Ryan Coogler did that on purpose to honor him, uh, honor his first appearance back in 1939, him being a god, basically. Mm. Um, but again, to the general audiences, they, they don't know that. Um, but I think they're taking Stanley's quote to heart mm. and saying it's up to the writer, whoever's behind the writing um, is part of the power scaling I don't think it comes down to like Feige or producers like that I think it's all down to writing so if you're not happy with the power scaling don't be happy with um, basically blame the writer um, for people like Doctor Strange not being as powerful I think uh, we talked about that after I would say Multiverse that's fair Amanda's. though because Doctor Strange in and of himself in the comic book series is just broken like that that man can 1v everybody in my opinion at times like it feels like yeah. that at times even Deadpool can feel like that at times wait what was it like when he gets that uh was it six stone again like the the oh the really weird stone that he had it's like where everything becomes reality in his mind so. oh Yes. Yeah. Reality stone. I think? No, 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 no. It's, it's stronger than the reality stone. It's like a six stone in the Infinity Stone like collection. 
apparently. Um, <sighs> I'll I'll have a look into that mm. because I remember Deadpool being super overpowered yeah. because he used Man Thing's tree of um, was it tree of enlightenment? Something it's a multiversal tree, and he goes mm. and kills the comic book writers. Deadpool continuity stone. That's the one. The continuity stone. Uh, continuity yeah. stone. I think. Could I you imagine yeah. if Deadpool had that? Oh my hey, god. He, he could have it for his third film. He could write it into existence. That man <laughs> is so broken. We got Deadpool 3 coming out mm. next year. I can't he wait for do it. it. I can't wait for it. That that movie, yeah? Is a big expectance. Hey, at least oh, definitely. at least though, yeah? Everybody in the MCU, yeah? Is every actor in the MCU is at least a little bit humble, you know? Mm. We can say that. We can't say that about other ones though. Ooh. Other <laughs> Disney productions, oof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I see, I see. I cannot wait for Hunger Games. Oh, I'm watching That's that. That's me. Yeah, I'm watching that as well. Yeah, to be honest, it's pretty I'm, good. I'm more into Snow's backstory. I feel as though him as a character when the Hunger Games came out was so interesting, but like, so under-explained, uh, you know? Yeah. Especially in the books. Definitely. Um, but from, um, coming back to the Marvels, from Monica Rambo being a powerhouse, it's always smiles when Kamala Khan is on screen, um, she steals the show 100%, she makes it her own, um, all love to Amar Vellani, her first ever acting role on the big screen, and I think Miss Marvel was her first acting role in general. Mm. And she kills it. She's literally Kamala Khan. Um, I think this is the best actor, actress you could ever cast as a comic book character. You could say you're Ryan Reynolds, you're Robert Downey Jr.'s, really? you're Heath Ledger's. Amal Valani's in that conversation 100%. She is Kamala Khan. And I think she's 21. She's around our age. Um, oh, and She's got that acting yeah. in her. <laughs> Exactly, right, right. And yeah, she steals the show very much um, like her own. Um, they actually start off the movie with her um, and they change the art style and everything. They make it a, a cartoon drawing and everything mm. akin to the Miss Marvel show, which I, a lot of people don't like and I, I feel like I'm the only one that really liked well, that show. I feel like though, I, I felt like um, the, game. the issue with that is it's like clashing art styles you know we want people want cinema like cinema with live action instead of like more cartoonish looks you know in my opinion that's what people are more looking for when they watch those kinds of shows but which is confusing because you know they're all taken from comic books essentially every single one of these mcus is brought from comic books people should be expecting you know the funny pals and you know wows of every single action sequence yeah, um, I understand where you're coming from, but having the cartoony aspect at the beginning, basically hand-drawn animation, um, is v is basically an incredible introduction to her character. So if you haven't seen the show, and you like what you saw at the beginning, and her whole character within the whole show, that's basically what, uh, uh, for the whole movie, that's her show. Um, it's got different art styles, very Scott Pilgrim, very Edgar Wright oh, um, yeah, yeah. with his aesthetics. And that's what I mean about the cartoon. It changes from her drawing in a book into full animation. 
of her being it's the savior of Captain Marvel, like fan fictions and everything. Yeah, basically, Kamala Khan to of um, if you remember the Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Yes. Yeah. If you doesn't it feel like the that? live action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, where it goes from um, the drawings in the mm, in the book mm. to Greg Heffley that doesn't look like Greg Heffley from the book. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have like two strands of hair. Yeah. No. Why are you not bald? <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, why is Manny look mm. normal? Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, yes, Kamala Khan steals the show, one hundred percent. There was this one part in the movie where um, it's it's a very emotional sequence um, where they have to bond together, and she's the glue. She's the glue. Mm. She brings them together. properly together, like. Um, not to spoil anything, but Monica and Carol haven't talked since Captain Amer- uh, Captain Marvel, where she was a where she was a child, and Carol wasn't there for Monica, and Kamala's hearing all this and hugs Monica, and embraces Carol as well. And it's such a beautiful scene. It, it's heartwarming because it's kind of therapy, hmm. and Kamala's hug was basically the therapist that they needed. And yes, she is the youngest, but she's also the wisest. Um, now, another thing I've heard from a lot of people, either a con or positive. This movie is fast. It starts off instantly, ends instantly. It is an hour and 42 minutes long. Got into the 6pm session on Wednesday, came out, it was just about to hit 8 o'clock. It was fast. Um... And there's no holding back. There's an action sequence every other moment. It's very witty. It's very clever with its jokes. The writing's um, writing was a little all over the place in certain parts, but when it came ah. to the three leads, it worked. So um, Epsilon, when you watch it, it, it's smack bam action sequence, smack bam action sequence. And I feel like someone said on Twitter, I don't know who it was uh, or X. Um, as they call it um, the Marvel movies back in the day used to take their time Explain. and then probably like yeah an hour and a half into the movie they get the suit like Tony Stark gets his Mark 3 suit mm-hmm. Captain America gets his suit um, but with this obviously it's a sequel to three different pieces of media but um, yeah it feels like they're rushing but it, it's not a bad thing um, it could be a bad thing for a lot of people but to me personally, I think it's it's very good. It's very good. And uh, speaking of action, the action is very creative, and I felt fresh every team up move. So the first um, episode, when you watch the movie, the first fight fight scene mm-hmm. is amazingly coordinated and stunt work, amazing. And I think it's all three girls that did their own stunts when cool. coming to this movie. Um, the music may not be for everyone's taste I thought it was good pick-me-up music and it worked for all three of them mm. um, but it was a great example of those who haven't seen Miss Marvel or WandaVision understand Monica's powers and Kamala's powers and along with um, Captain Marvel mm. she has been upgraded dramatically and drastically action-wise she's a badass she's nimble she reminded me of Spider-Man 
in certain aspects of how agile she is in the air and i wish other characters like hopefully we get nova soon that can move like this or sentry who's going to be in thunderbolts Mm. apparently um who move like this Mm. she she should be the baseline of wire work and everything when it comes to flying characters but my gosh um every time they switch places uh oh wait sorry uh dongan have you have you watched the trailers uh no no i have not Okay, sorry audience, I may have spoiled something for, 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 um, um about switching places, uh, but you know what? Um, what? Um, I'm um, sorry. Oof. Oof. Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, spoiler free. Oh, it's no. been an old marketing, but the reason why I bring it on is due to the fact that he doesn't watch any trailers and comes in fresh. Oh, no. Sorry, audience, I've ruined it for him. Oh. I, I apologize very, very much <clears throat> because I gotta ruin it again here. Oh no. Watching this movie has been the funniest and most enjoyable MCU film in a long time really? because Guardians was obviously. Yes, definitely. Because Guardians was. No, um, no, I meant like phase four and five. Yeah, because Guardians was a heavy film, obviously about loss and family Ammon was Quantumania I forgot everything about it apart from Kang um, but it wasn't even movie, like the I real Kang it, as well it was just Kang uh, no, no, it, was, it was a variant of Kang it was Kang yeah I think we'll call him Kang Prime for now but again we'll, we'll wait for Deadpool 3 maybe I don't know could you imagine but, um, if Deadpool 3 yeah. was a uh, like an interlude towards Kang Dynasty. I feel like Deadpool 3 is an interlude to Secret Wars. Oh. Literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, I agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll bring it up more when we talk about fixing the MCU, um, especially with the Variety article. But um, again, Quantumania, mm. not much really stuck with me apart from Jonathan Major's performance as mm. Kang. Um, which goes into Loki and he's amazing in there we'll talk more about that but one of the funniest things about this movie is hey, I'm sorry hey, Epsilon hey. no Please. we're gonna go back to the switching thing I'm so sorry oh. I'm not gonna explain the switching they explain it in the movie really well Okay. when I mean switching I mean switch places okay I thought Say they like, Carol, like switch bodies no, or like switch powers n- no, 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 they switch places. When Carol's flying, she uses her powers every single time. Both Carol and Monica flying, using their powers every time. Kamala, with no flying abilities, falls every <laughs> single time. It's the funniest. That's why I'm here in the notes saying, take a shot every time Kamala falls mid-air. <laughs> it's the funniest. I thought they were alluding to the fact that she could like grow her own wings with her powers. But no, but no she just continuously falls to her death. Oh, no. <laughs> I felt so sorry for Marvelani. I was like, holy fuck. When you watch it, you'll be like, okay, that's number five right now. Oh, she fell again, number six. But no. that bad? Is her falling that bad? No, no, no. Her felt convincing. No, it's like every other like power motion. You just see 
like a young Pakistani girl, 16, falling in the air. She can't control her powers. <laughs> She's about to die to her death. <laughs> but no, no. Then I, I just think it's some of the funniest, well, and I can't wait to see the B-roll for it. It's something I'm looking forward to, as well as, you know, being able to enjoy with friends and family, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. This is... I, I feel like all your criticisms with Blue Beetle, with the family aspect, mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy with this one. Oh. This definitely feels like Blue Beetle family-wise, but done incredibly well. With if you don't know the Khans, yeah. they introduced the Khans perfectly. And if anyone at home hasn't seen Miss Marvel, you'll love this family in in a basically a click. Um, same along with Kamala. So... Um, Less, a little bit more about like fighting action sequences. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm... Yeah, the family doesn't get involved with the fighting at all. Okay. And uh, Kamala's on her own with Carol and Monica, and they're fighting. And so the family, we do cut back to the family multiple times during the movie, but it's for like, let's take a break, let's take a breather. Mm. Here's the here's the cons. Here's Nick Fury. Here's here's Nick everything Fury? else. Oh fucking! What? Um. I see. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. I did not know that Nick Fury was in the film. So Nick Fury's in this, mm-hmm. but you don't need to watch Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, you don't need to watch it. Just watch Captain Marvel to understand it. Yeah. Um, Secret Invasion is basically like a character study on Nick Fury himself. Uh, but that, with this to be movie, honest, Secret Invasion yeah. kind of was like it went too far everywhere. Like it went all over. It wasn't like I feel as though there, there was we lacking. could write a better movie. Uh, we could write a better show. We could have. <laughs> oh. yes. But yes, I, I'm sorry. I guess Nick Fury's in this movie. Um, Speaking of no more spoilers, yeah? How was the <laughs> soundtrack? Dude, I have it on repeat. Laura Cartman is incredible. Okay, so the original composer, Pernar Toprak, who did the 2019 Captain Marvel soundtrack, mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, it had a heroic side to her, mm-hmm. but very 90s. Um, very akin to something like Batman. Yeah, wasn't that like... Not being a bad thing... Pardon? Wasn't that the time period she was meant to be in? Like, so yes, yes. I was about to say the music sounds a lot like Batman and Robin, mm. but the music in Batman and Robin is really good. Um, but in this movie, uh, I was afraid that there would be a completely different composer. Mm. This soundtrack from Laura Cartman, who composed Miss Marvel, and that was one of the main themes, like theme songs, I was very excited to listen to when it came to the big screen and when that Miss Marvel theme song hits it hits oh. it's so oh. good um, but <clears throat> let me digress let me digress before before I spoil <laughs> he's gonna, that he's secret gonna, step he's gonna be spoiling everything uh, uh, I'm so sorry okay, dude wait, wait. I can't standard, stop smiling what were you yes. if you remember the soundtrack on uh, Transformers I feel as though that yes. was a really nice standard to set things on right now it's like a really high standard for that Transformer sequence the battle sequence Mm. Where would you put it between that? Like, how would you, like, set it, like, rating-wise? 
Uh, are you are you talking about like the final battle of Transformers: Rise of the Beast? Yeah. Oh, um. Oh, that's that's a fascinating question. Mm. Um, <laughs> because they're two completely different. Yeah. But but um, they give yeah. the vibe. I'm talking about the vibe. Like is it the right the vibe? vibe? The same kind of obviously vibe? Transformers wins that. Transformers. That's the hype shit. Okay. <laughs> But when I mean about Laura Cartman's soundtrack, mm. I mean, there were a couple of people that came out of the cinema humming the theme song. I haven't heard that since the Avengers. Oh. And that soundtrack only happens when all three of the stars are on screen or they're together. Mm. That I I heard people humming her soundtrack. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? You never hear that for for many movies, mm. unless it's like the Dark Knight or or the Avengers or Superman or Man of Steel. Mm. But yes, um, when you go into this movie, it's gonna be a constant light motif, and when it booms, oh, it booms. Okay, and it's amazing. That's something to look forward to. <sighs> yes. Now, is this what the MCU needs right now? That's been the main question. Um, mm we've had goofiness we've had um we've had some serious and everything but people think that this isn't needed and to a certain extent i agree mm-hmm. we kind of need to change things yes. epsilon your thoughts i agree wholeheartedly actually there, there mm-hmm. are some stuff that i feel as though it needs to be different it feels as though we're on the same hamster's side same wheel as most Marvel films that we've watched recently. And it's just, it's like a formula that works for a time, but I feel that some people might get overfed on that notion. Yeah. Um, I forgot to bring up this um, fact that this movie felt like a phase one or a phase two film, mm. which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, because, yeah, it has the heart of those movies. Basically, Back to Norm Marvel yeah. was this film. And a lot of people didn't enjoy that and they've been begging for it. Um, especially well, when it comes to the villain of this film being one note. She's okay. She does have proper motives. But it's very like Ivan Vanko from Iron Man 2 uh, or Aldrich Killian from Iron Man 2. You know those like yeah. one note villains who aren't fully evil. They have like a purpose but they're not written well. It's mainly just for the main like lead of the movie to have some power over them, and that's that's why it feels like a phase one or phase two film. Because the most notable um, villains from then was Loki, the Winter Soldier, Ultron somehow, um, not Ronan the Accursor or um, was it Aiden Pierce? Uh, no, no, that's Watch Dogs. Uh, um, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, uh, General Pierce from um, Winter Soldier, the other bad guy. Like, they're kind of forgettable. Um, why did I say Aiden Pierce? Oh, God. But yes, it does feel like Phase 1 or 2 film. But I'm with you. It's not really needed right now. I think now they need to look back at what the schedule is and draw it all back. I have to, to say, probably the issue like, is, yeah. I think... The reason why people are so done with it is because of the fact that because of Infinity War being such a masterpiece, yeah, 
mm. it kind of yeah. downplays it if they keep trying to bring back the same formula, you know? Endgame, I felt as though it's the end to that one mind formula. Yes. Because with that ending, you know, that formula being done, we can get such, like, it should have been a fresh restart, you know? It should have been a fresh new thing. That would have been better, in my opinion. Yeah, hopefully we get that in Secret Wars because that makes more sense. That would be like its own thing. Um, we don't want a repeat. It's like Avatar yeah. 1 and then Avatar 2 try to be Avatar 1, but worse. <laughs> but with water. Yeah. And now they're doing Avatar 3 with fire, you know. It's basically Avatar The Last Airbender, <laughs> which we'll get into later. Oh! But, um, I cannot no. wait. It looks really good, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yes... I feel like, and I'll talk about this because uh, Marvel themselves updated the upcoming release date list. There's only one Marvel film next year, and that's Deadpool three. I never, I never scream so much in joy, joy, because I'm like, yes. Stop the brakes for a second, Feige. Look at the whole list, and go. What can get axed? What can get retooled? And what is really necessary for the multiverse of saga? I've always said less is more. Again, quality over quantity. Still, only but one, again, one Marvel film. Feels one Marvel film next year. I mean, I guess. But we're gonna I get guess, multiple. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's like they're more focusing on the TV series. No. Yeah, that's that's my only gripe with this. Like, I, but I, I don't mind the one movie. I'm not gonna be happy about it because like it's one after one for the other you know where I feel as though some like the to, to be honest the MCU TV series are either hit or misses yes and if they're turning that up to a hundred like to instead of like the movies I don't know well Maybe. I mean we'll I, we'll I came yeah we'll I came in with a proposal about phase six where it should just be three movies what? a movie a year shouldn't it be kind and that would you know uh, phase six, they've already yeah, competed. but um, Kang Dynasty should be a thing. What I was thinking for phase six itself is three movies, three of the biggest movies, one each year. Um, Fantastic Four 2026, mm-hmm. Kang Dynasty 2027, Secret Wars 2028, and that also marks the 20th anniversary since the MCU started. Um, I feel like that's the perfect thing and you can put in the TV shows whatever but I feel like having Fantastic Four lead into Kang Dynasty if we're doing the Nathaniel Richards things and then that's necessary then obviously into Secret Wars which I think we talked about was uh, Deadpool's the interlude to Secret Wars mm. if if they're doing the whole time travelling thing and we'll talk about the Loki 2 season finale because yeah. that leads into um, a lot of things. Oh, damn. To be honest, yeah. um, I do have to say, I had some great about Loki. kind of made me feel gold. I, I'm not happy about it. Yep, we'll, we'll get into that um, next. But also, on the Marvel thing, uh, I know you haven't seen... Oh, you know what? Screw it, I'll spoil it for you. Oh. So, you've, you've seen Hawkeye, right? Yes. You remember Echo? Oh, yeah. She's getting her own show. Um, And it's going to be rated R. It's the first R-rated project in the MCU. 
um, proper R16, violent score, everything. We get Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin, not Hawkeye Kingpin, Daredevil Kingpin. He's beating the shit out of people that offend others that he loves. He's killing people. Yeah, Daredevil Kingpin was very, very, very scary. He beat up an ice cream man because the ice cream man didn't understand Echo, who's deaf. He beat the shit out of him, and the first thing we see is blood all over his white suit. And, man, that's basically what a lot of people are excited about, is bring the dark grittiness of the MCU uh, for Netflix, uh, which it looks like we're going to be getting, uh, with with it being the first R-rated project in the MCU. And I feel like next year's the R-rated year of Marvel. Because Deadpool 3 has been confirmed R-rated. Oh. Um, and Blade has been confirmed R-rated. MC is going more mature now. And <laughs> I am saying thank fucking Christ. I, I feel as though, like, Phase 1. It comes down R-rated, to Ryan. Yeah? No, like, in my opinion. Phase 1 where, like, yes. Tony Stark gets blown up by his own missile, you know? I feel as though yep. that was kind of nice, yeah? Mm. At times back then, I used to think it's missing a little bit, you know? Yeah, but like, it as the phases have gone on, they've become more PG, and it felt kind of like what was going on. They're going the wrong direction. So if they're going back backwards instead of forwards in the ratings, then I would love to see that. Yeah, there have been some instances within the actual MCU where they've gone super violent. Yeah. yeah. The first time we see Renan the Cursor, he smashes a Nova Corps member. Um, his head splits open and blood everywhere mm. and we deal with um, trauma and PTSD and also alcoholism within Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 which is very mature mm. uh, but they were still under Paramount so that that makes more understanding mm. Captain America Winter Soldier which was under Disney is uh, basically a lot of parents said this is borderline R-rated it's way too heavy on my children mm. um so was Civil War when yeah. Tony finds his parents. These are some heavy stuff in here. The Guardian, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with um, all the animal cruelty. That's that's heavy. That was pretty heavy. But, yes. Yeah, but what the what they're doing now is taking that rating, the R rating and making it much more mature for people like us. For guys like us who are now growing up with the MCU. Mm. And we want grown up stuff. So we can enjoy it, you know. They have to evolve their content. And now that Disney is being more lenient, especially with Marvel, Mm. um, I cannot wait. But again, it all comes down to writing. um, But I have faith in Echo. Because guess what, Epsilon? What? (laughs) Epsilon. Uh, Echo has the writers of Daredevil. Yeah. Better Call Soul. Oh, let's go. And Punisher. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's five episodes all drop on the same day. Um, oh. January oh. 10th. All episodes. So they're just going to spam it all out there. Yeah, I don't think they have full faith in it. But with those writers, oh, we could have something on the money. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight should have been R-rated. Moon Knight? So we could I see thought so was, was weird in terms. It goes very graphic mm. with, like, when Steven wakes up, there's blood all over his face, blood all over his mm. clothes and hands. 
like that's graphic we see like pools of blood on the floor yeah, yeah. but we don't actually see it that's why I'm like that could have been the first R-rated or TVMA like teaser for what's to come but obviously the Marvels was made um, as just a fun project but it is very important to the rest of the MCU actually the Marvels is the most important movie of phase 5 um, even though we got Quantumania we talked about it that Kang is gone but there is an increased scene in Quantumania which uh, didn't go well with a lot of people but I thought it was brilliant because I've read the comics of it um, but the Marvels is the most important especially with its post credit scene which I won't spoil for you Epsilon I, I won't because you'll you'll jump out of your chair with that one <laughs> okay. um, but when it comes down to ratings Epsilon what did I write on your document you gave it a 9 I, I watched an interview from comicbook.com with director Neo Da Costa yeah. Most of the influence of this film was Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. It's a 10 out of 10. This is the greatest movie of all time. Ooh. Final Fantasy Advent Children? Are you kidding me? No. This, this, I wrote a 9 because I was constantly smiling. It's an 8. It's an 8. 8.5. I mean, yeah. Yeah. An 8.5. I can't stop thinking about this movie. It's, it's just the feel goods. It's just fun. But not many people want fun. Um, but again it all comes down to opinions um, my opinion may differ from could others. skew you the other way yeah mm. and maybe when Epsilon watches it and his opinion is completely different again it's we're all human we're all human that's what makes us unique we have different minds if we all had the same mind it would be quite boring hey, that's what makes this literally is uh, popular we, we, we always converse about stuff you know the last episode, which was a month ago, he forced me to say Assassin's Creed Mirage was a 7 out of 10. And no, 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 no. agreed. No. No, I didn't agree. He agreed. I didn't agree. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, I know it's recorded, but hey. That's an admission. Um, right yes, <laughs> so it does say 9 out of 10 on his document, but it is an 8.5. And the only downside is the villain. And I wish certain scenes were tweaked a little bit more, or were they were kind of half baked and mm. um, visually. But I I don't mind. It looked it looked pretty good on the big screen. But along with the Marvels, um, we had no. Um, we didn't. We weren't able to talk. We weren't able to. We were too busy to talk about this mm. on the podcast. It's it's Marvel Studios Loki. So it's now or never. There's something you have to see. Loki, you are getting desperate. Hey, you're a silly little man. I lost it. One time, they held the whole of New York City hostage with an alien army. It happens. Now, this is what we're talking about: quantity over quality. Hmm. But this, okay, Epsilon, you have some problems with Loki, right? Uh, only a couple. Like, there were certain okay. things that I was like, eh, eh. 
you know um yeah definitely we'll we'll get to those um but i i feel like marvel is back on a roll um with the strikes now over oh i forgot to talk about that with the marvels let me let me reiterate that for for in here with loki um the marvels is not going to do well box office wise for for a couple of reasons oh a we we talked about they had to watch two tv shows Mm. and a a movie Mm. which to a lot of people general audiences they're not going to be um yeah it's too much there's nine episodes of one division all have monica in there and there's six episodes of miss marvel Mm. and they're around an hour long so again it's not it's not great business for it but also the strikes were on the girls couldn't promote the film (laughs) they couldn't promote the film until epsilon do you know the funniest thing the strikes ended when the movie premiered on the night the movie premiered the girls were at home waiting to promote this film they've been going around um going around different cinemas in la and promoting it but i feel like it's too last minute you know uh, but i don't i don't believe i've it. heard yeah a very big place to go promote is korea actually speaking about movies like korea is one of the hubs of promotions from what i hear yeah um i don't think they had enough time because the strikes were still going hmm. It's probably last minute to do a world prim- uh, world tour. Oh, true. Of true. of the film, so it's not going to do well. <laughs> it's all about word of mouth, and I feel so bad for this cast because they had no chance to promote the film until a day before the movie releases in the states, and we've already watched it here. But anyway, I digress. Um, back to Loki. Marvel is on a roll, but I talked about this before. I think we were on the bus one time. Epson, do you agree this is Marvel's Doctor Who? Uh, I agree, but it's got some issues. But that's mainly due to the fact that it's just everything's happening too much, too fast. Isn't it? Yeah, actually, you know what? We'll start. We'll start with the issues. Epson, uh, what were the issues that you were finding <clears throat> with Loki? Uh, repeated, like in my opinion, though sometimes like. The whole gimmick was very much repeated. Uh, some parts of the show, yeah, I was mm. just too confused about. Like, just, uh-huh. yeah, it, people couldn't like. I would say general viewers would have a really hard time. Yeah. To uh, like have all this information within like less than an hour of the show. Yeah, and like yes. At times, even like for example, at episode two, yeah. I feel that mm. people forgot who, uh, like, they were trying to chase down was, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it's like a multitude of just stuff that just weren't really good, in my opinion, for what uh, they wanted to express for the film. And, like, yeah, it, it, um, I would have to say, you know, I can't really mm. fault Marvel Studios for any of it. It's just. I feel as though it was more because of the fact that there's just too much happening and they don't have enough episodes to be able to like, you know, show everything in slower pace. 
Yeah, uh, I understand where you're coming from. Sometimes I've got to put my general mm. audience hat on because I understand everything. I'm like, mm. oh, Loki has to do this. Mm. Oh, Sylvie's over here, blah, blah, blah. Mobius, I understand everything. Mm. Like, it's it's something that ticks up my head. I'm like, I understand what they have to do next. Oh, they have to do this. It connects to Ant-Man. It does that. But that's me. Yeah. When, again, the general audience, they won't understand all this. And they probably need to watch a lot of mm. hours of, of Marvel content which could be tiring for many but not for us because we look yeah. for different details we're like okay so OB's over here blah 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 and like, Casey's over here blah blah also, blah also I have to say like there's two sides to this, yeah? uh, one yes. big side was people hate Sylvia like people like genuinely hate her character from what I've understood what? Uh, yeah like, I, this is not the Amber situation. No, right? no, 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 no. Like, huh, okay. Because the Amber's hated. <laughs> they hate the character. Yeah. They don't hate the the actor. The actor's fantastic. Yeah. But apparently, like, yes, yes. This whole part about like she's she's like just made everything harder, and like now like you know she doesn't feel as though she's expressing remorse or anything. You know how uh, she, like everything that's happened apparently just faulted upon her character. And yet, mm. her character doesn't seem remorseful whatsoever. And I think that I mean, gets to people. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, cause and effect, like, generally you expect, oh, they f- they should understand that because of them, a whole multitude of this bullshit has happened now, you know? But uh, mm. from what I've understood, some people don't really, like, like that. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, because we understand it, mm. I understand her as being original Loki. Mm. Loki's very selfish. He would do anything. He would actually kill Kang the Conqueror if he had the opportunity mm. to. Oh, he who remains. Yeah, yeah. He would do exactly what Sylvie would do. But to the general audiences, you're seeing Loki in a different perspective. You're seeing him as a as a hero compared to Sylvie being expressed as the Loki we know from Thor 2011. Or the Avengers, where she's more motivated by her own desires. She does get close, but characters are like um, herself, Loki. Um, but she is the embodiment of what Loki it drives not to be. Yeah, yeah. what Loki was. Yeah. Um, so I understand the general audience being a little bit annoyed with her. Mm. But if they haven't watched the finale, she will win you over. 100 percent um with her understanding and she understands what loki wants he just wants to be with his friends like all of us would be Mm. but she's like think of the bigger picture you are me i am you yeah think about freedom these people have lives on these timelines on these branches let them live so her being this carefree um doesn't really care about the destruction of the tva loki variant she is she's very akin to old loki yeah she which we yeah. which is good but at the same time you know it, yeah it's it, general audience it's I a little one it, yeah it's you have to watch it all and understand it at the same time to fully get it you know yeah um but when it comes to Loki, Loki, Loki. Oh, no, I feel it like he's amazing. It is fantastic. 
And if you, he's got the greatest character development of any Marvel character. That he's not, he's not the Loki that we have. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have been. He could have been. It's, it's the variant, remember? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I I feel like we won't get into spoiler territories of where we'll see Loki next, but there are certain certain places where we'll see him. Mm. Um. <clears throat> next year hopefully um <laughs> oh, I, I wonder yeah, how I, Thor will react to him I thought we were gonna get something but you know what I, I don't mind where Loki ended up mm. and I feel like Thor Frigga mm. Odin would be proud mm. of where he ends up but I won't spoil Loki the god of Mischief. bleep <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> But um, newcomer to the show, uh, Kihei Kwan, who recently won an Oscar for Everything Everywhere All At Once. Mm. He was on a radio show, I forgot where, but he was with Jamie Lee Curtis. And they said, oh, Ki, um, you're in an MCU show, how was it? The way he described it, he was in like one or two episodes. Yeah. He's in every episode, and he is the main star. Ah, oh, Epsilon, your thoughts on Obi? Ouroboros, yeah? When I first saw him, yeah? Yes. I thought it was Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, like a really young Jackie Chan. I was like, holy shit. Wait a minute. I think they were around the same age. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Um, no, but... Key no, Kwan's but in the do you see it? Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. No, no, oh, no, I don't see colour. What are you on about? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm saying like... I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying Jackie Chan no, no, was I, like I, Obi for a I, I thought it was Obi with Jackie Chan for a second. Until I yeah. saw the cast, and I was like, "What?" I'm not gonna say anything because I'm Maori. You know, I'm a- I ain't Asian. <laughs> uh, uh, guys at home, um, Epsilon is Korean, so he gets away with yeah. it. He's fine with it. But your thoughts on him? I like. I love this character. Yeah, a little mm. too too forward. But that's what do you mean? Hmm? He's basically Data from yeah, the Boonies. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's short round from, from Indiana Jones. Mm. He's basically all the characters that we all grew up with, yeah. all embodied into this one character. A little too much, like for me, personally. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I kind of understand, yeah. but I, I feel like his, his whimsical presence has not... Um, he wasn't adult, but he he wasn't aware of the world around him. He felt like NPC-ish, I, if you know what I mean. I think he was meant to play somewhat of an NPC role in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I thought that I was like, oh, oh, okay. And yeah, hopefully we see more of Obi. Hmm. Um, but we get to know more about his um, time on the timeline him being an author him not selling anything um, which was actually a beautiful backstory to him until he said oh, I spent so much time working on the tempad uh, that I lost my wife, my children and my job <laughs> and then says okay we can, we can go back in time now um when we first meet him, I think so, I just yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I liked his progression compared to like his beginning. You know, 
I would have to say. That's my like upside to him as a character. Yeah, I understand. One hundred percent. Now, um, Epsilon, a, a gag that has been requested since season one was Mobius on a jet ski. Yeah. We we kind of got yeah, it kind of. in in the showroom. Mm. <laughs> like, there's full emphasis on him on a jet ski, and it was one of the funniest parts of the actual mm. episode of episode five. Um, Epsilon, do you think we'll ever see him on a jet ski? Like oh, in any to. other? It has to happen. It has to happen when we next see him. It has to. There's no way we don't get him on a jet ski. Like that man has been Sophie. destined to be on a jet ski. It's like Loki and Sylvie in Kang Dynasty. It's like, where's, where's Morbius on a jet ski in the lake? <laughs> I'm coming to save you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. With a harpoon and everything. Mm. Go ahead. Kill a Kang. With, with a fucking jet ski. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Now, in episode 5... We're gonna get a little bit more into the spoiler territory. Mm. Ravona Renslayer is a character that was here and there in this season. Yeah. But she is as opposing as she was in the first season. Yeah. Um where she ended up was a pruned TVA. Mm. There's there's a spoiler. Um Ypsilon, your thoughts on what could happen next with Renslayer? To be honest, on episode five, yeah, yeah, yes. Mm. I was too like most of the time. I was really distracted about uh, Mobius on that jet ski, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like my highlight of the day, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, we would have to see. Like I'm expecting yeah, because... Oh, one hundred percent. Because opening of episode five. Mm. Um, Missman has showed her a little diorama of He Who Remains mm. and Renslayer. Renslayer was um, his not not lover, but they had um, a relationship, mm. and he asked Missman as to erase her memory. And um, if you remember, in episode five of season one. They had to take on this cloud monster, yeah, Elias. Yeah, I remember that. The reason why he who remains had the ability to tame Elias was Rinslayer. Oh. And the last time we saw Rinslayer in this season, mm. in, seasons, uh, uh, in episode 6, the finale, Elias mm. uh, was coming for her. I feel like the next time we'll see her, she's tamed Elias. Um, Herself. I think that's her destiny. Mm. But, um, yeah, I feel like... Along, along with different scenes in episode five, like the jet ski scene, uh, that did kind of take over from um, stuff like um, Renslayer. Hmm. <laughs> jet ski, huh? Wow! <laughs> it's the main important part. Okay. Wow! 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 It reminds me of Owen Wilson. Wow! It is Owen Wilson. Wait, no, it's Mobius. It's <laughs> wow! Um, now for maybe a controversial um, part of this segment 
we are going to be talking about Jonathan Majors, um, who currently is in a little bit of a kerfuffle, but we won't talk about that because that is something very serious, and we are young men. Uh, but fair, uh, fair whatever opinions you have on uh, Jonathan Majors, Majors, yeah, Creed uh, Three, oh, Ant Man and Was Quantum Mania, yeah, He Who Remains. The, the the main <sighs> villain and the main star of the multiversal saga mm. I feel like he was perfect in this season but... as Victor Timely and mm. uh, he who remains at the very end mm. now um, Victor Timely I'm, I'm glad Jonathan Majors took it upon himself to make different um, attributes to his characters like Victor Timely has a, a stutter and mm. he can't pronounce his words in complete sentences and he who remains even mocks Victor Timely for having that uh, speech impediment mm. and I think Jonathan Majors is a is a winner but we won't talk about real world stuff mm. um, Epsilon what are your thoughts on Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely or he who remains this season who's a great actor uh, I don't know how, what to say to be honest I'm a little bit iffy about him that way uh, I don't know it, it, okay w- one thing yeah is you know uh, Rick and Morty's voice actor just some more apparently he's also remember the drama that happened with him Epsilon, let's not get into controversies, my dude. Majors is already proven innocent, but mm. you know there's more more trials coming ahead. But we don't know about it. Again, we've seen actual footage. Majors mm. is well, quote unquote, innocent. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. He's the star of the of the multiversal saga. And we don't want him to be, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, taking away real world factors. I think he's excellent in the show. Mm. He is a proper actor. I have yet to watch Creed 3 all the way through, but he's so menacing in that. And he's so fucking ripped. <laughs> he's like a sculpture. He, he's what I want to be. What the fuck? He's so ripped. <laughs> like, all these, all these veiny as hell. really ripped. Just surprising. No, he. He was always ripped. <laughs> he was he before acting. I think he wanted to become a bodybuilder ah, or something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad he came to acting because we get his acting chops in this, and he he kills it every single time. Mm. Okay, let's get away from him. Jonathan Majors. <laughs> yeah, that's... and talk about he who remains a character that he plays. He has become the rogue Loki variant that they were chasing down in season one. Um, Epsilon, instead of a Sylvie, it's now a Kang who's yeah. trying to change everything. What are your thoughts on that? So shocking. I'm, I'm shocked. It's, you know, it, it's like, it's a twist in my opinion. It was a surprising twist for me. Because like... I yeah. thought I thought it would be another Loki variant, to be honest, or maybe like a. I w- okay, okay. One thing I would really like to see, okay, that I'm so salty about is 
We haven't had an Iron Man variant. Tony variant. An evil Tony variant. Could you imagine that? A superior Iron Man Tony? Mm. That would have been really cool to see in Doctor Strange, but maybe we could get that for Deadpool 3. Maybe. I feel like Deadpool 3 is going to be what Multiverse of Madness, or what people wanted mm-hmm. for Multiverse of Madness. Yes, yes. But I feel like they're saving a variant Tony or multiple for Secret Wars. Mm. But, um, yeah, having He Who Remains and them acknowledge Quantumania as a variant uh, of a 616 adjacent. I won't get into Earths. I can explain the Earths another time uh, with 616 and Earth 1999. Mm. Uh, but now Kang is on the run. And with Quantumania, the end credit scene of multiple Kangs, it makes sense for that movie because Kang's the main villain. Mm. But that end credit sequence would have made more sense at the end of this, where, spoilers territory, everyone where Loki destroys the temple loom, having them all gather to this one place, this one like chariot and um, stadium, and um, trying to find a way out of the um, temple loom. And now it's broken because of Loki. Hmm. Uh, that would have been a cool setup for Kang dynasty instead of, you know, some sort of a, um, afterthought of, um, quantum mania. Where a lot of people don't talk about that in credit scene until now with Loki. Um, Epsilon, with the end of Loki, we finally get our final variation of this Loki, of the Loki that we've come to fall in love with. Mm. He has been called by pop um, pop vinyls and everything as God Loki. God Loki. I like that name, but I I rather call him Loki god of time and stories or king of time and stories Ooh. epsilon what are you what are your thoughts on that that beautiful scene of him dragging these branches and creating like idrisil the norse mythology um runes uh the tree it feels uh, what are your thoughts on that it feels as though like everything has come full circle you know because in in if you know uh lore for uh Ragnarok, like yes. the Norse mythology, as Loki is the one who brings it all down. Yeah, yes. He in this sequence, it shows that he's the one who brought it together in the first place. Mm. Mm. That gold ichor that comes out from the ground. Yeah, everything signifying you know this is his golden throne of torment and beginnings. You know. I'm glad you brought Ragnarok up because that must have been a main inspiration for this. Mm. Where Ragnarok isn't just the destruction of Asgard, it's the beginning, or the destruction of everything. It's a new reset. Yeah, it's a new beginning. Yeah, so I feel like that's the main inspiration from here. Yeah, instead of Thor Ragnarok, where that was just the destruction of Asgard, mm. then they rebuilt on Earth. And this, he has to bear the burdens of destroying the Temple Loom. And, and recreating now, it into yeah. one. Yeah. Beautiful imagery. Mm. Great use of like gothic green, like forest green with the gold. Um, mm. It's it's really, really cool. Now, you brought it up earlier. I am also a little bit bummed that we didn't see a reunion between Loki and Thor. Yeah. Especially if Thor meets this Loki. 
the brother that he wished he had but he knew he was always this way um epsilon do you think we'll ever see this loki like fully matured loki with our current thor probably not i don't think so yeah it'd, it'd be a stretch to be honest yeah mm. maybe maybe kang dynasty or secret wars mm. but again yeah i'm with you it's a little bit of a stretch um i find it funny that thor love and thunder and probably but the tva uh, time is not a construct in the tva as well say love and thunder and loki season two take place at the same time um which wouldn't make sense but due to character development yeah loki is the better of the two brothers in my personal opinion I, when it comes to character development yeah yeah specifically this loki yes mm-hmm. and actually maybe all loki's uh, they're, they're not truly evil they're just very very grumpy children mm. who just wants to be loved and that's what we saw in the dark world and now we're seeing him be king of times uh time and stories mm. um another aspect we talk about laura cartman and her incredible soundtrack natalie holt's soundtrack always wins me over with the first season of loki and now this epsilon how did you take uh how was your take on the music it was did you think i it enjoyed was really it good? yeah i enjoyed it a lot it's a really nice soundtrack definitely yeah. one of the better ones from uh marvel most definitely um especially um with the final episode Mm. where we get loki's green theme but it's more the drums are much heavier it's more acoustic now mm. it feels like a live band playing his theme and it was beautiful i'm just waiting for it to come to streaming services so i can listen to it on repeat but um yeah <laughs> she's she's a winner when it comes to this and even whatever you say about obi-wan kenobi i i have i i didn't really like obi-wan kenobi the show the music's still the best thing about it Mm. um and that was her soundtrack now another thing that people have been talking online about is does this need a season three i say no Mm. and the reason being if you look at the first episode of season one it's titled glorious purpose and you look at the season finale of season two it's titled glorious purpose Mm. it comes full circle and you do see scenes from that first episode in this season uh, in this episode and it's a full it's kind of like not fully a mobius strip but it kind of like an ouroboros where a snake's eating its own self mm. and it's constantly um going around in circles and that's what the whole premise of the show was uh it's on do you think there will be a season three maybe not Mm. I don't think so and I wouldn't like think people want a season 3 I think this is a really good ending if they do make a season 3 I think they're just milking it at that point yeah Mm. Um, I'm 100% with you Um, if they do make a season 3 please the same writers Eric um, 
it is Eric Martin. Mm. I hope he starts working on um, was a Kang Dynasty with Destiny Grinnan mm. because his writing in this show is great. Um, apart from a couple of couple of things which I'll get into soon, but overall, um, a solid solid writing. Um, one of the most cliffhanger episodes of episode four yeah where you thought everything was getting destroyed and you're like oh shit what's next we don't know what's next yeah and then episode five i uh i mentioned this um somewhere else but episode five has one of my favorite montages or use of a needle drop and they play the velvet underground Mm. um sylvie gets given um a record um of the velvet underground and um, old sweet nothing plays and it's a beautiful montage uh, beautiful horrific and gothic and mm. uh, with people turning into spaghetti the world around this record store turning into spaghetti while the song plays and the lyrics go from oh it's about a homeless man being chucked out on the street to now sylvie on the run from being spaghettified um it's very cathartic and it's beautiful and if no one wants to watch loki season two at least watch that scene and i think it'll grab you Mm. now epsilon what would you rate this season as a whole what would i give this season i'll give it an eight out of ten eight yeah oh nice nice that's that's a that's a fair score that's yeah. a fair score eight. um i would say a 9.5 um the reason why it's not a full 10 mm. is episode two ah yes episode, yes, two, episode two what you were saying it felt rushed yeah the final five minutes of the show of them trying to stop the pruning mm. of other tva engines should have felt like a finale mm. it's like loki's on the clock they're they're trying to prune every single place they gotta try and find yada 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 well on top of that trying to fix the temple loom it could have been really cool but that just felt like a one and done thing mm. and that was my only gripe with it is that episode two fell flat a lot but to me 9.5 now epsilon still on the superhero genre we're gonna be here for a little bit but um it uh, invent- season two episode one and two epson your thoughts it's great pretty good pretty good i'm not denying that that was it was pretty good um you've read the graphic novel yes 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 yeah okay okay we're on the same page then what would you say you give but, it? Like, um, for now. For for now, I I would say an eight because the Ooh. best stuff comes soon. I for me, it's more of an anticipation yeah. period, so I'm yeah I'm at a seven right now. Mm. Yeah, so I'm more so waiting if it if it's good, it'll go into a nine, and if it's like perfect, it goes to a ten. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, well, because... it's still waiting. Uh, I can't wait for the whole multiverse thing that's happening right now with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything. Yeah, everything's just coming together in my opinion. This is like the what's it called? 
everything comes together sequence this has been the season many of us have been waiting for mm. um so to the audience at home you might have to wait maybe one more week until let's say episode four where they go in batshit crazy mm. uh with the multiverse and everything um i know a lot of people are saying why is invincible going multiverse they did this back in 2000 and this is like when, before multiverse was possible yeah exactly and mm. a lot of people are a little bit annoyed by that i'm like no it's been there since the graphic novel um you just weren't there to read it Mm. but yeah multiversal um, things and invincible yeah it just makes sense having different works. versions yeah yeah but um Epson, we get to see Mark um flying around Chicago all the destruction that was laid behind him trying to help we actually feel his grief. I can't wait. And great for, use of... Yeah. Because yeah. Mark's going to go to space to find his dad again. That's my way. Like, I can't wait moment. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see Alan again. Yeah, I, I wonder how they're going to do that fight scene, you know. Like, so it's, like invincible fight scenes are just so different. In my opinion. They feel like they have more and, impact, yeah. you know. Than yeah. It, it, it and the animations change the season. Yeah, they don't pull their punches. No. No. But um, yeah, Mark's guilt was fully shown via his contribution to helping people in the city. Mm. The, uh, a city that fear his father and he doesn't want to become his father. Mm. And also a great use of Radiohead's cover police, um, which juxtaposes his um, ideals and him trying not to be his father. Which is the whole thing about this season is will Mark turn into a full Viltrumite? Or will he stay kind of the carefree superhero that wants to help out people? Um, everybody at home, you'll get to see that very soon. And as Epsilon talked about, the Omni-Man, Invincible fight, also the Alan fight, it's going to be really cool to see. Mm, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, Epsilon, your thoughts on the Immortal becoming the leader of the Guardians of the Globe? I mean, it, and also, it yeah. was in the comics, no? Uh, well, yes. it was Robot, and then it became like him, and then it's like a whole charade where Robot and uh, Monster Girl go into the 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 what, whatever that alien world was again. I keep forgetting. Uh, you know the one that like the time goes by so quickly. Uh, I was about to say Parallaxes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know where you. Yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah. So I can't oh, wait for that. Yes. I wonder how they're gonna set it because like it's in between those time periods. So it's like the comic. Like the graphic novels never really like express how the times are set for those. Like I know, yeah. like I wonder how they're gonna set the when Robot takes over the world and tries to like fight Mark and stuff. I wonder how that's all gonna. I set. feel yeah. I feel like with um, Robert Kirkman, mm. the original uh, creator of um, The Walking Dead and Invincible, mm. he's working. He's kind of doing what Order did with the live-action One Piece. Yeah. Taking different stories that sh- were sloppy when they made it before and fix it for audiences. So My question I think is, they're going to change a lot. How many seasons do you think this is going to get? Seven. Seven? Ooh. I don't know. It could... 
It, it depends on how fast they get through mm. arcs. Because some arcs yeah. are longer than others, and so it's like dependent, in my opinion. Like the whole yeah, uh, each... like Viltrumite arc is like so long, but like the alien arc is different. You know, like there's like several parts to the Viltrumite, Viltrumite arc, but like the monster mm. arc is also like different as well. So it's like I don't know how they're gonna set it. You know, are they gonna do like a a plot b plot sort of thing? Where they... I think they could do what they did with Adam Eve, mm. where she got her own special. Mm. So they could do that with maybe Monster Girl and Robot, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then that can go into like a spin-off, yeah. somewhat. Mm. And then that leads into like Invincible season four yeah, yeah, or yeah. season five. Because some of these stories um, don't really involve Invincible, you know. Yes. Yeah. They can be their own thing. Mm. And the main story of Invincibles, the Viltrumites, mm. and the Viltrinium War, mm. and Nolan... It's about to get Mark. really bloody as well. <laughs> Mate, I, I, there's, this, there's this one scene that I I don't want to see, but I hope they leave in. Oh? And Mark being sexually assaulted. Yeah, that's what I was I thinking think, when you said that. I was like, oh. I, yeah. I think they need to put that in the show to show that men can get sexually assaulted as well. It depends. Like we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I want because I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember people mm. talking about that for the first time, mm. and guys were like, "Yeah, men can be raped as well mm. as as women. We're all human, and we're all got vulnerable. Or we're all vulnerable mm. at certain points, but." This scene with Mark and Wonder Woman wannabe, um, yeah, it gets a little bit too. It's it's like the boys mm. basically, where it goes too graphic. Mm. Um, but yes, Guardians of the Globe, we're gonna get more of that. Um, what are your feelings on Duplicate <laughs> and and the Immortal? I mean, I mean, essentially, we we knew duplicate. Like, it's so weird, but like, it, it's it's like you can see you can see it happening. Don't trust her, mate. No, no, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't. I thought you meant. To be honest, so, said, I thought she died oh. earlier, though. Like, I thought she lost her final clone sometime earlier, but apparently not. Uh, we'll see. We'll see whether they changed it. Mm. No, I thought you said um, we need duplicate. No, I'm like, no, whoa, okay. No, no. Okay, all right. No, I never. All right, I, I know who you are. I know who you hey, are. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, yes. Um, Mark's desire to go out and be a hero um, is going to be the main foreplay this season. Mm. It's going to be the main theme. Um, under Cecil. Do you think. I don't remember the um, graphic novel where the Cecil goes too hard on Mark. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't think but, so. Um, I, I don't know. But I think they're doing it differently for the. Yeah, for the um, mm. TV show. Mm. So maybe stuff from the comics will not be referenced here. Mm. But um, who knows? Who knows? Um, Debbie's reaction when she found out that Donald was alive. Yeah, that was. We know what Donald is. Yeah, I know what Donald is. Yep. Um, a lot of people had the same reaction. They're like, "Wait, didn't you die?" I'm like, "Just wait and see. <laughs> wait and see." Um, as we talked about before, 
we haven't seen any reference to Nolan or Omni-Man in present day, mm. not the multiverse, but in present day um, for now. When he comes back, he comes back. Mm. It's like, we're all dead, basically. <laughs> basically, you're playing... Would you rather live in the boys' universe or in <laughs> Invincible universe? They're both. They're both pretty um, graphic, you know. They're both pretty much. Yeah, you're dead yeah, either way. Yeah. <laughs> but with Omni Man, he doesn't care. He, mm. he thought of his wife as a pet. Let me just say, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, depends. Depends on how you look at it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just by his wording. Yeah. But like, I feel as though at times, yeah, it was just. Mm pretty daunting the fact that like we we've had like back to back different kinds of like meant to be superman related shows which have shown how like they there's like bad heroes you know and i guess at times you know sometimes people want that more than anything else yeah um i'm kind of annoyed uh i'm kind of over the evil superman trope now Mm. i think but yeah yeah I think a lot of people are. <laughs> but the thing is, Omni-Man and Homelander are their own characters, yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. They're not trying to play Superman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Homelander's They're, case, yeah. maybe a little bit, but you know. He's trying to play Jesus, but Jesus is, well, Zack Snyder made mm. Jesus Superman, so. Really bad <laughs> Jesus Superman. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, god damn um, Episode 2. We got um, Mark trying to fix his father's um, mistakes in Atlantis, mm. and it all goes wrong to the point where he nearly dies, even though he's invincible. He gets his ass whooped. Yeah, a lot. I keep forgetting. I mean, I keep forgetting. Isn't it, isn't it like a stick where like they're trying to get stronger with the older? Yeah, it's yeah. like Goku. No, I think Saiyans get stronger oh. by fighting more. Viltrumites uh, just get stronger. Oh, yeah, Saiyans get stronger every time they lose. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Viltrumites, the older you get, the more powerful you get. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about this with um, My Adventures with Superman, mm. where that Superman constantly gets um, belittled and also um, knocked over multiple times mm. but it makes sense because superman's just starting out mm. invincible's been doing this for i think it's been a couple of months since the first season and um, time wise mm. in the actual show but i feel like with proper training mark can be formidable and unstoppable probably the reason why caesar won't train him just in case he becomes his father <laughs> we'll see we'll see um yeah now another newcomer to to the cast ben schwartz who you will know from um parks and rec as a recurring character there he plays sonic the hedgehog in the movies and he's now in this movie uh, uh in this show sorry and i think he's gonna do really well uh epsilon um what are your thoughts on his character whenever i look at him I, all i can see is gene okay <laughs> That's all I see. It's, it's impossible, okay? Yep, yeah, I it's understand. Like, it's, like, it's like, you know, how do I say this? There are some char- like characters which define a person. Like, yes. when you look at Ron Swanson, yes. <laughs> yes. From Fox yep. and Rick, 
and the fact that he's he's <laughs> portrayed by uh, Nick Offerman. But when you look at Nick Offerman, yes. you only think Ron Ulysses Swanson. Son. <laughs> It's like that. It's like, it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, here's another example, yeah? Jim from yeah. The Office. It's John yes. Grinsky. Nobody. Everybody who looks at fucking John Grinsky is like, oh, that's Jim. And hey, it's Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, the, like that's, that's a thing that. It's like a curse, you know? You yeah. can't get away from it. Yeah, I think Ben Schwartz is under that. Yeah, the gene. Mm. Every time I hear him, I'm it's like, like, it's like a couple oh. things that get people, you know. It's like, you, yeah, yeah. If you, if you understand, you know. Oh my god! If you hear, yeah, it's if you like, hear like a certain voice actor, you're like, oh yeah. Like, Community, for example, you know. Everybody, mm. yeah. Who looks at, uh, for example, Danny uh, Pudi, you know, Abed. Yeah, it's Abed. Joel <laughs> Mc- McHale, Jeff Winger. Jim Ryan, Dean, the Dean, the Dean, you know? <laughs> Fucking the Dean. Uh, Ken, Ken Jong, Senor Ken Jong, Senor Chang. Look away from these people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Donald Glover is always gonna be Troy to me, even though he's he's plays characters like um fucking in Spider Man. Uh, what was it called? Uh, he, the Prowler. He's the Prowler. He's meant to be such a villainous character. All I just see is Troy. And, and, <laughs> Troy and Abed in the morning. Troy and Abed in the morning. That's yeah. all I can see. I'm T-bone. sorry. There's oh. just some characters which you can never escape from. It's like, um, speaking of, um, community, Jillian Jacobs plays Adam Eve here. Mm. I'm like, ah! She breaded it, didn't she? <laughs> she breaded <laughs> it, mm. especially in episode two, where she yeah. tries to help a community in yep. Chicago, yep. And, and the she... building falls down. I'm like, oh, she breaded yep. it. <laughs> you can't run away from your, your. This is you. I'm like, wow, she's brittle. You know what? Wow. Community needs a what? movie. That is one thing we need. Six Strikes seasons over. and a movie. I'm, I'm, Six scenes. And I'm a... waiting for Dan Harmon. Six seasons and a movie. Six Come seasons on. and a movie. Come on, boys, we can do it. Oh, we got this. <laughs> we got this. But yeah. um, included in the cast with Ben Schwartz, mm. um, there were actually many that were showing off in the trailer. Um, Epson, have you seen that trailer or any trailers? I uh, no. Okay, I won't spoil. I'll I'll spoil one, because this is very important to talk about. Mm. Because it includes a crossover comic yeah. that has been teased. Oh, which one? Josh Keaton. Do you know that name? Yes. Rings a bell. Where do you know his name? Josh Keaton, right? Yep. No typing up. No typing up. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's not coming to me. It's not coming to me. What is he from? He plays a little... Friendly neighborhood Sp- Spider Man. Oh, I and remember. Spectacular Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Man. Now, to viewers at home, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to viewers at home, if you've heard anything about Invincible, it would be the crossover between Spider Man and Invincible. Mm. If Josh Keaton is who I think he is, he needs to be coming. And on. he plays. And we're talking about the multiverse. Mm. We get Spider Man and Invincible. 
I mean, yeah. Yeah. You I give me a movie. That. Hello? They have a whole comic series, just both of them. Mm. Oh, I am so excited. Hopefully, this isn't restricted to eight episodes. Oh, please. Hopefully, please, at, no, least, please, at least no. ten. Give me a ten episode. But... Speaking of which, yeah, we we ha- I don't yeah. think we've talked about uh, the Star Trek series that recently ended as well. We'll talk about that next week. I've got a whole plan for that. We'll talk about right, um, Star too? Trek Fiona and Cake, the Continental. We'll talk about um, a bunch of that. Mm. But yeah, I can't wait to talk about Lower Decks as well. Lower Decks season four ended maybe- on a, such a. Mm. The cliffhanger, though. Oh my god! Another good cliffhanger. Strange New Worlds, man. Strange New Worlds yeah. is so fucking good. Um, but damn, oh boy, the Strange New Worlds. Yes. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, was it was it Strange New Worlds that has the crossover with Lower Decks? Or yes, yeah. Oh my I think god, it was that was... episode seven. Yeah, it was so good. I was so happy about it. Else, we're seeing Jack Quaid with mm. purple hair mm. because I watched um, yeah. that episode. And I haven't watched um, Lower Decks. Oh my god! I understood their characters instantly. Yeah, 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 boy, boy. You need to watch Lower Decks. It's like important. It is so good, mate. I'm finishing up. I'm starting up season two, episode two, I think. Mm. But yeah, so far I can't wait to talk about that next week. Yeah. Oh, it's really. It's a packed week. Okay, it's a very packed week. (laughs) It's it's gonna be a bunch of packed weeks Mm. coming up. Um, and along with next week, can't wait to talk about this continuous season throughout the um, concurrent weeks that we talk about on this podcast. Mm. Um, that will include Gaming Bros podcast, Anime Bros podcast. We'll talk about Invincible because it's that you know we're gonna get to the hype shit now, <laughs> mm. and we're gonna get to basically how manga readers were telling us about the Shibuya arc of Jujutsu Kaisen and it's actually fulfilled their fucking prophecies <laughs> it's so good but we'll get to Jujutsu Kaisen at the anime okay, bros speak, podcast because it's so good which, yeah actually uh, a little bit about Jujutsu Kaisen I love how like every other anime is like stop giving us filler arcs stop giving us filler arcs we got too many filler arcs yeah and then Jujutsu Kaisen is like oh kill this character off kill this character off kill this character off <laughs> My boy Nanami! I, I don't think that's a lot. Man, if Nanami fucking dies, I, I swear to God. I swear to God, I'm gonna murder everyone at my <laughs> So at least they get a peaceful sleep. I, love, I, I find it funny though. Like, I love how, like, Jujutsu Kaisen fans are literally opposite of any other anime fan. He's like, stop killing off characters we love. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what? They ruined who dies for me. Fucking Gojo. You, you know what? But yeah. You know what? Because I got spoiled, I'm gonna spoil everyone. Gojo thinks he's the best, he's not the best. That's all I'm gonna say. <clears throat> White haired demon. Um but yes. Uh anyway, back to Invincible. Uh cannot wait for um us to continuously talk about each and every episode. Now we're still on Prime Video and superhero content. Jeff. You're fucked up. I'm fucked up. The one thing that is really apparent now is that we are all fucked up. It's like. 
V, Epsilon, have you watched it? I think you said you've watched... Have you watched it? Hmm? Gen V. The voice book. I've watched a couple of episodes, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think to a lot of people, this has gone under the radar. It, it's it, but it's a yeah. series, I feel as though, yeah. Because there's been many uh, The Boys spin-offs. Like, you have to agree, there's been a couple. Have there? Yeah. There's been the animated one. Uh, oh, Diabolical. Yeah. There's been the... What was it? The Young... Ah, fuck. There's a couple of them. There's been a couple of them. That I can remember. Uh, let me check. Because I know we got Diabolical and we I, got Gen no, never mind. It's Gen V and just Diabolical. But, but Diabolical also is just like many different kinds of like variants. Yeah, it's basically yeah. what if. Yeah. Apart from the Homelander episode where that's canon. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes. Um, I firstly want to say this is what 20th Century Fox wanted New Mutants to be. Mm. A school as a front and then a horror hospital in the back as the actual motives. Mm. And literally Gen V and the boys have done the X-Men better than Brian Singer. Maybe at the same level as Matthew Vaughn. This is what the X-Men should be. Mm. Um, especially with the whole entire creating a... Uh, uh, let me let me not talk about that because Epsilon's still <clears throat> still watching the series. Um, let's not go into spoilers just yet, but um, honestly, this show is the perfect example of a spin-off. It captures the spirit of the original mm. um, of the boys while honoring it, and because most spin-offs would just mock the original and go. Yeah, we're not that. We're we're completely our own thing. No, this is the boys, but at high school or at university, basically. Mm. Um, I think that's a smart play. And for audiences at home, you would need to watch this before watching the boys season four. I'm not gonna say the reasons why, but it's all kind of like Marvel. Mm. Um, they're basically becoming their own enemy. Now, Epsilon, from what you've seen so far, I I personally think, because I've seen all eight episodes, yeah. the cast is fantastic. The cast is good. What are your I like opinions? it. I like it so far. Yeah. I, I don't want any spoilers because, of, you know, I'm watching it, like, no. currently. So I don't no. really want to, like, talk much about it for now. But, like, I'll come back to it yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it at a later date. Yeah. Probably when we're discussing, like, our favorite pieces of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel as though that's going to come up. I like what I'm yeah. seeing so far, though. I like it. I like what I'm seeing so far. Um, along with the cast, this show started off very shocking, and the the directors and the writers purposely started with with that scene where, to a lot of guys, it will be like you, mm. but to girls, it's a it's an every month thing, mm. and they have no handle on it. Um, it's Marie finding her powers. Um, when she finds out her um, her first period, mm. it is a, a, a shocking scene yeah. because it's very graphic. Mm. Um, but the the big takeaway we take from that is uh, Marie's first, basically um, uh, first period. 
a lot of people said that's a little too far but akin to the boys i think it makes sense um but the gruesome death of her parents was <laughs> i didn't expect that yeah epsilon what are your thoughts on that first opening opening scene i i was i was surprised that like you know but it's like the boys so it's like at the same time i wasn't really that surprised you know yeah yeah it, it's both surprising and not surprising at the same time kind of vibe uh, i would like to say yeah no completely understand uh it just for some reason i don't know why it took me by surprise i think it's that shock factor maybe that took me by surprise but especially with the end i won't get into mm. spoilers even though you've seen the episode uh, episode one mm. you know what happens at the end of yeah. the episode yeah with um golden boy yeah um yeah that first episode is a perfect starter and it captures the the boys universe incredibly well yeah. while being in a school environment mm. basically uh harry potter but up really <laughs> really up um now is amazon prime the home of r-rated superhero shows right now yes with invincible and gen v and the boys but again we talked about echo being r-rated blade coming coming out to be r-rated and deadpool 3 r-rated at disney of all places um epson do you think we're gonna see more r-rated content from amazon prime yeah, or from yeah no no, other no places I, i'm as well? expecting it i'm expecting it i'm i'm always expecting more r-rated content i feel i feel as though that's been a very lacking sus- like substance that we haven't had recently where everything's become too pc and it's like come on give us more you know yeah, we, we go can, a little bit yeah, of we can, we can see more. And like, stuff like, for example, you know, Warrior definitely was like a big one. That. Yeah. Mm. Warrior, Game of Thrones, mm. they, they pushed the boundaries of that rating. And rightfully so. Because those were some graphic, graphic mm. series. Mm. Um, I'll skip that. Uh... This leads straight into the boys season four next year. Um, I won't go into full details, but you will need to watch this show mm. to understand what happens in season four, which I think is detrimental to this. But again, it's not like watching a couple of shows nah, nah. that you need to watch. Yeah. And then it's watch not a like movie. Marvel where like you need to watch every yeah. single one. Yeah. With this, you just had to watch a show after a show. Mm. At least it's at home. And you're not having to go all the way to the cinema to watch mm. something that you have no clue what's happening. Mm. Um, Epsilon, as far as uh, with the episodes you've watched, what would you give it? Just early. Early estimates. I can't really give it a strong rating. I have to give it a 6. Because I've seen better, but that's because I haven't really yes. gotten far. Yeah, that's completely understandable. Mm. After the full, after the finale, the finale actually goes by super fast, but mm. at a good rate. Um, I give this a nine. Mm. It was close to being an eight point five, but 
the more I thought about it, the more good things I thought about it than negatives. There were some places where it's a little underbaked writing-wise, mm. but that's to be expected in the world of the boys yeah. and characters that have not come from the comics or the graphic novels. But it's also the reason why the score's so high is it captures the boys and it's a proper spin-off. It honors it. Uh, now, in the upcoming weeks, we'll be going over films and television series we did not talk about on the long break due to university. Discussing Martin Scorsese's latest ever Killer of the Flower Moon in cinemas everywhere, along with David Fincher's return with The Killer, streaming on Netflix right now and in cinemas everywhere. This December is going to be hectic as we'll be covering the Game Awards hosted by Jeff Keighley on December 8th, New Zealand Standard Time, via the Gaming Bros Podcast. The Anime Bros Podcast will be back, I promise, as we discuss our favourite anime series, openings and impacts on us this year. The Movie Bros Podcast will have an in-depth discussion on favourite pieces of media along with a couple of guests to finish the year out. Now, after this update, Epson, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, this week has been a hectic one, you know, it's coming weeks, yeah, just have a lot of backed up content to be explained, but, you yep. know, yeah. we'll, we'll slowly get through to all of it, but, yeah, I hope to go through all of these in a ready fashion and make everybody know about, you know, the grand time we're going to have. Wonderful words to live by, 100%. Um, we hope to have a guest speaker who will become a regular <laughs> hopefully if he picks up his phone <clears throat> yeah but yes uh hopefully next week yes hopefully yes, next yes. week so we can discuss more stuff yes. we are the movie bros podcast a podcast that had been on a hiatus for four plus years has kept the marvel's marvelous box office numbers and now the marvels we are your host record king and epsilon and we will see you real soon space cowboy now hit the streets bye yeah